Hello. Hello. All set? Yep. All right. So welcome back to On the Fast Break uh, NBA Talk. I'm your host, Alex. Um, today we're joined by Tigo. Um, Martin could not make it today. Um, but, uh, yeah, so today's today's topics, um, of course, the Lakers just won the NBA Finals. Um, yeah. We I wanted to go over a lot, a lot. I've been seeing a lot of flopping in those finals, not only the finals, but during the playoffs, during the seeding games, and during the regular season, too. Um, so I wanted to go over whether flopping is just – it's a huge part of the game, right? And it, it gets yeah. kind of annoying after a point yeah. um, of players doing it when there's no one near them. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to go over that. And then I came up with a very interesting topic of – I call it what if dot, dot, dot played in the mm-hmm. finals. Um, so basically it'd be like, what if the Heat didn't make it? What if the Bucks eliminated them and the Bucks with a healthy Giannis made to the finals and played against the Lakers? Or what if um, the Rockets played against the Pacers in, in the NBA finals, you know? What would be I, the outcome of those games? Yeah, I think it's definitely interesting to think about that, especially, yeah. you know, this year, a lot of injuries and mm-hmm. you know, with COVID and quarantine, it was very different playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, of course, the Lakers just won four games to two. First thing I wanted to go over, did did anyone – did first, let's start. Did you expect Miami to push it to six? Um, I say I commend Miami for pushing it to six, really. Um, you know, I expected it to be a more just clear-cut sweep or just kind of like – a beat down Mm -hmm. um, and they really put up a fight, you know, similar to when, you know, the Lakers and Nuggets were in the Western conference finals. I thought it would have been much more of a clear cut, just, you know, they go in there, take care of business. But I think the Lakers were really experimental still, even in the playoffs, figuring out what worked for them. Yeah. um, So I think that's, something that the the Nuggets and the uh, the Heat benefited from. And, like, when I looked at the lineups for, you know, the Lakers and the Heat and even the Nuggets, uh, one thing I looked at is that the Heat and the Nuggets have some of the youngest lineups uh, of any of these teams that made it into the finals. And I think, interesting enough, maybe that the isolation did – a good number for these younger teams because they don't have all their families established yet. You know, they can really just focus on basketball uh, versus the Lakers, everybody on that team's veterans. They're starting five. You've heard of them. You know, they carry teams. And so I think that, you know, the things outside of basketball are what maybe allowed the Heat to take this a little longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So game one, um, 116-98, 116-98, Lakers took the win there. Um, Anthony Davis had 34 points. Big game from him. Um, and then game two, 124-114, to 114, Lakers. Uh, LeBron had 33. Um, after game two is when people are saying, oh, this isn't going to be a good series. We're not going to see mm-hmm. more than five games. Um, and that's being generous to the Heat, um, saying that they'll take a game. Then the Heat come out stronger than ever. 
um, in Game Three after all this criticism, and uh, they win one fifteen to one hundred four. Um, this is Jimmy Butler's triple double game, right? With yeah. uh, like forty, thirteen, and sixteen. Um, and then that was also the game that Anthony Davis got in huge foul trouble, right? And he had like yeah. twelve points. Um, yeah. what are you gonna say? Yeah. Yeah, 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 you're right. He got in the foul trouble very early, and, mm-hmm. you know, he's a defensive guy. I mean, yeah. he's he's an amazing player, but he was in the running for defensive player of the year for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, game four, uh, a close game, but uh, 102-96, Lakers overcame. Uh, game five was probably one of my favorite finals games that I've been around to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I'm born in 2005, and of course I wasn't able to see Michael Jordan games and stuff like that in the playoffs. But that was probably my favorite game, at least since Derrick Rose was on the Bulls um, in the playoffs. Yeah. Man, you are young. 2005. <laughs> there are some amazing series between the Lakers and the Spurs, between mm-hmm. the Celtics and the Lakers. Oh my God. Uh, mm-hmm. between the Heat and the Lakers uh, back in the day, between mm-hmm. the Heat and the Spurs. Yeah, Heat and Spurs, are, yeah, I remember those. Those those prime, those prime Kobe years, prime LeBron years, you know, mm-hmm. those prime um, Tim Duncan years, Manu Ginobili, Paul mm-hmm. George. Uh, I could go on for years. I mean, not <laughs> Paul George. Um, what's his name? Uh, from the Celtics legend, I can't believe I forget his name. There was the Rajan Rondo, Paul Pierce, and Paul uh, Pierce, Kevin Garnett there he is. team. Paul yeah. Pierce, KG, that was a dominating team. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know the when I first started really watching basketball, it was like intensely watching basketball. Mm-hmm. It was probably the first year of Warriors reign with Curry, Thompson, mm-hmm. Draymond. Um, and those guys, um, but I also always paid attention to those Heat versus Spurs games. Um, everyone was always talking about during that yeah. time. Um, but yeah, that was this was an incredible game five. Um, really fun to watch Jimmy Butler and and LeBron James just going at each other each possession with the in the last three minutes. Um, yeah, Jimmy took that game personally. Yeah, he yeah he came out stronger than I've ever seen him play, and then in Game Six, <laughs> in Game I, I'm sorry, but I had to turn off the game after halftime. Um, yeah, it was, I checked. It was, I came back in the fourth quarter, but it was kind of hard to watch if I'm honest. Yeah, there's a lot of stats that if you look at that game, they're just kind of like wow, the Heat mm-hmm. were dominated, like a G League mm-hmm. team, like. You know, this looked like a first, a one seed versus sixteen seed in, in a mm-hmm. March Madness. You know, mm-hmm. the Heat were down by thirty six points at one point, and they did manage to make a bit of a comeback to only lose um, by twenty, I believe. Um, it was in the teens. They lost by the teens, but at that point, you know, the Lakers had turned off. Completely. Mm-hmm. The Lakers started to turn off around the third quarter. Yeah, they started to realize, you know, this is over. There's no way they come back, even if we put in our 
our our lowest players on the bench. Not saying any of them are low. They could have put me in the game. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, I it was just unbelievable when I came back and um, I watched the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. Uh, Jimmy Butler had twelve points. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tyler Hero had what seven or eight turnovers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bam Adebayo for the first half that I was watching and towards the end of the fourth quarter, couldn't catch the basketball in the post. Um, was, he was getting was nice sad. passes. He was getting really nice passes from Jimmy, occasionally from Tyler Hero as well, but he just couldn't grab onto the ball. You know, he, he was just the ball. He had butterfingers, really. Um, yeah. It was sad. It was sad to watch. It, you know, they looked out of sync. They looked like they were all trying to do different things. You know, they all wanted to carry the team, but they also were all defeated at the same time. So, you know, team yeah. in that position, there's not much you can expect from them in terms of any – there's not much more you could expect from them. You know, they're forced yeah. to trying to do the most. You know, they really have to understand that LeBron wanted this and the Lakers wanted this. And the way, the energy that the Lakers came with, in the first half was amazing. That's how everybody expected them to play throughout the NBA playoffs. You know, mm-hmm. when these series or these games were close, it was only it was interesting. Some of the earlier series were closer, were more competitive. The Nuggets yeah. series, I thought, was very competitive for the Lakers. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, when we talk a little later about. You know these what ifs. There's there's a lot of what ifs scenarios that I think could have made for a way more interesting finals. Yeah, another thing I forgot to mention was Miami's free throw shooting. Um, after after uh, Bam Adebayo missed his he he's one of the top free throw shooters in that bigger guy position, power forward mm-hmm. center, and I had to just I couldn't stand them watching. Missing free throws. Um, Bam Adebayo had just missed his like fifth free throw um, of the first half. Um, they're one of the top free throw shooting teams in in the league, and they shot what like six for. I can't remember the exact number, but they they were definitely missing more than half than they were making. Maybe even three quarters of what uh, they were making, you know, which was really unfortunate. As a as a personal trainer, I tell people, especially my basketball athletes, these are free points, mm-hmm. right? You need to be, you know, and after every sprint exercise, I try and drill in free throws. These are mm-hmm. free points. Yeah. You should be. I know that from experience. <laughs> Anytime you're tired, you should be ready to make a free throw. And these are yeah. professionals at the highest caliber of the sport. Their endurance is top notch. They're having the best people take care of them. They, mm-hmm. and especially people like Bam, who expect to make free throws in clutch situations, those easy points that they're throwing away to the Lakers, the Lakers aren't a good free throw shooting team, right? They're not. Mm-hmm. You know, they have people yeah. like Dwight Howard and Le- even LeBron James likes even to LeBron, break his free yeah. You know, he likes to break his free throws. I think this that game he only made one of four three free throws, something like that. 
And mm-hmm. so, especially when you're playing against the Lakers, you need to hit your free throws. And that, that totally got them out of the game. Yeah. Um, so looking at some more advanced stats here, um, the Lakers were turning over the ball a lot in the first five games. Mm-hmm. Um, came out in the sixth game and just played in some of the most intense defense I've ever seen and forced Miami to turn it over one out of four possessions or something like that. That is um, Miami had less, uh, nearly 10 less rebounds, um, offensive rebounds, than the Lakers um, throughout all the games. Um, field goal percentage for Miami was higher um, than the Lakers throughout the series. Um, their pace stats were the same. Miami was really hustling and putting out a lot of energy until that game six when I feel like they kind of just broke down. Jimmy was obviously very tired from playing nearly the entire game the last three or four games. Um, and it just seemed like Miami just stopped being the playoff machine and well, had to refuel. What's interesting is some of these stats, you know, aren't an accurate depiction of what was really going on, especially the mm-hmm. field, goal, field goal percentage. Because while even the Heat had a better field goal percentage overall, the Lakers were dominating in the paint, right? So they're yeah. way more efficient inside the paint. And to your point, you know, it looked like the Heat were starting to lose steam, especially in game six. And that's because the Lakers have a more physical team. When you have Dwight, LeBron, and AD, you know, and you have JaVale McGee just waiting around to beat up your big guys and be efficient around the board and collect those rebounds, you know, by game six, you know, Bam is exhausted. They don't, you know, they don't, mm-hmm. there's not many other guys on that team physically able to guard those four guys that I mentioned. And, like, you have to understand, AD LeBron, JaVale, and Dwight should all be guarded by a similar body type person, right? Mm-hmm. And that's – you can't put that on Jimmy. You know, Jimmy mm-hmm. is put it, he's bringing the ball up and down the court. He's leading the team. There's only so much you can put on one man. I mean, and so they, if they had somebody, another piece, um, maybe like just a bigger guy, that could have definitely mm-hmm. helped them um, in the paint. But the the Lakers are one of the most efficient. I think they're the number one most efficient team in the paint this season. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we're not. they're not known for being a shooting team. They can't make their free throws. And, you know, KCP and Danny Green can be pretty streaky from three. But when it comes mm-hmm. to beating up their opponent in the paint, that's what they do best. Right. Uh, one thing was – Andre Iguodala did a very good job of defending yeah, um, LeBron did. and AD, but still, like you said, they need more help. Um, someone bigger. I mean, and- um, Andre's not starting anymore. You know, he's an older man. Yeah, he's an amazing veteran of the game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, amazing leader. But yeah, I love Andre Iguodala. Andre. Iguodala. Yeah. But yeah, he if he's not a starter, he, that. That just, you know, shows you that 
within their starting lineup. They don't have the heat to match up with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And Bam Adebayo is not the same person that we saw before injury mm-hmm. um, the last couple of games, which is definitely hard for the Heat to overcome. Um, he came, Jimmy Butler he came back with a vengeance. He started like his game, first game back, that first half. He he was with playing very well, uh, but yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. You're right. He came back from injury and. It's ne- it's never the same when you come back from injury, especially so quickly. Yeah, it w- it was nice to see Goran Dragic um, come on the floor, and he did he did well from what I saw. Um, he he had some nice lob passes up to Bam Adebayo, mm-hmm. who couldn't complete some of them. Um, he had a couple of drives to the basket, which I feel like were very risky, and I held my breath every time he drove. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I wish. Uh, I, you know, you have to think what would have happened if Bam and Dragic didn't get injured. Yeah, Dragic has an amazing finishing ability, especially mm-hmm. around the Lake a Lakers team that you should be able to score in the paint on them unless you're like. 6'10", right? And mm-hmm. Gorn comes in there 6'3", you know, 6'2", 6'3", just finessing over them with his left, you know, off mm-hmm. the top of the backboard. Very nice finisher, but, you know, between, you know, Jimmy, Hero, Bam, and Duncan, and Dragic, that five, they don't measure up to a LeBron, you know, AD, um, Dwight Howard, that physicality, even Danny Green and KCP are bigger guys mm-hmm. than Hero and Drew Duncan and Dragic in terms of physicality. Yeah. Um, and I, I just wanted to finish. Um, I had I had something in my head that I wanted to talk about to finish. Um, but I'm forgetting what it was now. Um, we'll we'll maybe come back to that later. Um, but moving on to the next topic, flopping, mm-hmm. um, is something that I really noticed in the finals, especially. It made me think about how much I actually see it during the regular season games, how much I saw it during the regular, the, during the playoffs, um, in total and, and the season games just all the time, really. Um, there's, there's players like, uh, Jalen Brown that you always see on Shaq and the Fool, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, flying out of bounds with someone poking him or whatever. Um, but sometimes those flops get called, um, and they kind of ruin the flow of the game. Um, you know, a team's on the fast break, and all of a sudden, one guy's flopping on the end of the court, and the fast break has to be stopped, and they they go back to an inbounds pass. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't it? It's just it gets at one point kind of annoying to watch um, the plays being stopped for pretty much no reason um, besides trying to maybe get to the line once or twice. Um, what do you think about that? So, have you seen the Last Dance? Yeah. 90s basketball 
was a actual brawl. People mm-hmm. were yeah, throwing bows and hips and punches, and it wouldn't get called. Mm-hmm. You know, man, it was a tough game. And now, yeah. unfortunately, we have superstars. You know, I'll mention names. You know, I know you're a huge James Harden fan. James is a great mm-hmm. at flopping. The other James yeah. is uh, great at flopping. LeBron James, you know, Danny mm-hmm. Green's been on Shaq and the Fool. And, like, you feel – I feel like this this soccer culture, right, is, is, is mm-hmm. seeping into basketball sorry, culture where – they're they're stopping the game strategically um, through fouls, and yeah, it, it's it's not a, it's not nice to see. You know, I like to see when a guy goes up for a tough layup and he gets smacked, he gets an and one call. Yeah, but um, and in a fast break, you know, if you're trying to stop the guy from you know scoring a layup, an easy layup, and it's crunch time, yeah, I understand following him, but like. To your point, what is if what is two points, right? You need to be able to the a soccer field is way bigger than a, a basketball court, right? And this condensed mm-hmm. court, you run sprints up and down all day in practice. You should be able to get back on defense and guard your man. You should have strategies on how if you're a big man, you need to get your butt to the paint. If you're a guard, you get your butt to the paint, then you get up to the top of the key, then you play defense, right? That That's basic basketball. Yeah. And so right. I, I don't like flopping. When you're complaining to the ref for, 10, for 20 seconds at a 24 shot clock, on the other end of the court, um, when you're supposed to be back on defense, it's just it's an easy bucket for the other team, for one. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of not what fans want to see. Yeah. They want to see a good hustling basket instead of a four on five. We, we 90s basketball was so tough, so rough, and it was so easy to get into. <laughs> the drama of the game was the physicality that you saw on the court. And that's where it was left, right? You know, with the growth of media, social media, and the global perspective that, all sports are now getting, you can see the cross-breed of culture, but basketball, you know, 80s, 90s, it was it was a rough sport, even in the 2000s. And when you have, when I have a team like the Lakers, who are just a bunch of actual giants, right? The Lakers are a bunch of actual mm-hmm. giants. And for any of them to be flopping is just unacceptable. That's why LeBron doesn't get half the calls that he wants is because he complains and because he flops. The refs don't respect that. And mm-hmm. the fans don't either. So play the game. Mm-hmm. Be a man. Yeah. Be physical. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, you kind of just got to, uh, you know, you got to tough through it and draw the contact mm-hmm. instead of, Pretending to draw the contact mm-hmm. and act, actually draw it and go up and and it might make making the basket tougher, but at least it'll get called more often than not. Because yeah, the refs are cracking down on flopping, um, even though there was 
um, quite a bit of flopping here and there in in games four and five. Um, I think there's, but, yeah, there's a lot of flopping from physical. the Lakers because they were they were in crunch situations and they that's one thing you see from them. They try to change the momentum of the game and it's like, no, just actually change the momentum by playing hard. Mm-hmm. You know, LeBron is not going to get flapping calls because, quite frankly, you're the one of the biggest dudes in the league. Like, mm-hmm. in terms of just, like, like Dwight Howard, LeBron, AD, Bam, these are, like, the biggest dudes in the league, besides Giannis. You're not going to get calls. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not going to get calls unless they're hard fouls, and you need to understand that. Because you're an actual giant. You're seven foot tall. You weigh 240, 50 pounds. You can bench press 300 pounds and you can jump out of the roof. You're, you're mm-hmm. huge. If a, yeah. if a feather hits you, it's not going to do anything to you. <laughs> right? And so. Yeah. It, it's like you, you saw a lot of. Um, you're seeing for the over the last couple seasons, you're seeing some of the first flopping when you're shooting a three, and the defender's hand is poking your fingertips on the release, and you're falling over, and it's getting called. Yeah. Um, not to not to call anyone out, but Jay Crowder um, had a lot of those calls during these mm-hmm. finals during these playoffs. Um, who else? You know. Uh, I, I can't. Mm, who else? <laughs> mm, I don't know. Danny but might have got a call there, too. Even KCP. Danny Green, yeah. Um, and it's just there's really no reason you're getting the three. Uh, but if you're not drawing the contact, it's just it. It's not. It's not <laughs> cool. It's getting you the extra point, but it's not really what fans want to see. Even if you are the fan of that, maybe you want to see an extra point on the scoreboard in, in crunch time, two minutes left, down by five. But um, when it's the first quarter and you're up by 10 and you're flopping on a three-point attempt when they're just barely poking you, it's not worth it. It's not worth stopping the game to shoot that. Three. Anyway. No, I, I agree. And, like, you know, one thing that they should take from, you know, soccer is handing out penalties or like you know, they could hand out a technical for a really bad flop. Don't ruin the game of basketball. Yeah. Play tough. If you want to flop, how about you take a technical along with that? If you want to complain to the yeah. ref and you know moan over you know a call, just like baseball, just give them a technical or give them a warning or throw them out. Yeah. Refs need to take back this mm-hmm. control from these superstars. Um, and as long as it's not a ridiculous foul that yeah. wasn't yeah. called, which you see from time to time as and, well. And that, um, yeah, they need to. And that's that. where, you know, some of the beauty of the game is getting muddled is, you know, these superstars or, you know, these players are getting comfortable with these flops. They get comfortable talking back to the refs. And so, 
the beauty of the game is kind of lost in that because the, now the refs and the players aren't on the same side. The refs can't focus about making the game and making the calls because they have guys jawing in their ear, you know. Oof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so moving on to the what if okay. blank played in the finals. Um, I have a list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven more likely matchups um, that we could have seen in these finals. And then I've got a list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, kind of less uh, likely to see. Do you want to start with more, more likely or less likely? Uh, let's start with less likely. That would be interesting. Okay. So first on the – yeah, for sure. First on the list here, um, and this is assuming – Everyone is healthy, by the way. We can also go into injuries. Like, I've got the Sixers in here. Um, ben Simmons being healthy versus Ben Simmons being injured. Um, but, yeah, we'll go into we'll go into a little bit of both ends. Um, first on the list that I had here is Lakers versus Raptors. Um, I, I figured it was a little less likely um, just because the Raptors would have had to go up against um, probably the Celtics if the Heat hadn't made it through, um, which would have been really mm-hmm. tough matchups for the Raptors. But, um, so if the Lakers were to face up against the Raptors, um, that would mean the matchups would most likely be Kyle Lowry, LeBron James, um, Danny Green uh, on – who is who is, who is is the starting shooting guard on over in Toronto? Um, that's why they didn't. I, I, that's I don't why even. Likely for them to make it to the playoffs. Yeah, they, they only have like those three superstars in in Kyle, all stars in Kyle Lowry, mm-hmm. Pascal Siakam, and and um, oh, I'm forgetting everyone's name today. Uh, Fred Van Fleet. Fred Van Vliet, yeah, even though he's coming off the bench, yeah, he's an I mean, elite player as well. Surge, they have Surge. Um, mm-hmm. Serge Ibaka, yeah. OG Anobi, uh, is a starting small forward. Um, the, I, would Serge Ibaka be able to guard Anthony Davis in the post? Would he be able to? Is I that mean, a doable it would thing? Be his, it would be his assignment. Yeah. Marcus All can't. You know, Marcus All's mm-hmm. probably coming off the bench. Um, in theory, um, against the Lakers team, you know. Yeah, because I'm sure they would want to put Pascal Siakam on exactly. LeBron James if they were to match up. So, um, I think it'd be pretty clear it would be a yeah. Lakers win. Um, I'd say in five. I'll give the Raptors a game um, where uh, Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry drop 30 each. Yeah. Um, which they have done before in the playoffs. Yeah, so. they're very capable of that. The Lakers, um, I, the Lakers is a yeah. team I don't think that could sweep anybody. Even though they have the dominating power to do yeah. so, they're just yeah. I, I haven't seen it happen this season. Yeah, I expected a way more dominating mm-hmm. record out of them, um, but they didn't even have the best record. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, so moving on to if we saw Clippers versus Raptors, um, Kawhi versus his old team in Toronto where he won the championship. 
um, Paul George, um, let's say Paul George got back to normal, um, making shots and not hitting the side of the backboard on corner threes. Um, would the Clippers make it past as easily as the Lakers most likely would in a five-game series? I, I would say, yeah. I would say they easily make it past. Um, you know, Patrick yeah. Beverly is an amazing defender, um, so he can lock. And Kyle Lowry. Yeah, exactly. He, would, he could play a great shutdown. Lou Williams is also a great defender and great off the bench. Um, and then you've got Kawhi and Paul George, also exactly, incredible defenders, exactly. especially Kawhi. So you know they have a great, they had a great team. They there was huge expectations for the Clippers this year, um, and they really didn't meet up. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully, they can get a good, athletic big, get rid of Joe Keem or Zubach, and you know, because I think I think Marcus Morris and Mont mm-hmm. Montrell uh, Montrez Harrell, they're I think they're good pieces for the Clippers. Uh, yeah, for sure. Joe Keem. I mean, he had a good season. He had a good comeback, um, but he's not mm-hmm. somebody a big man that you can carry or that can carry you, um, as was seen. Yeah, I don't think he's a big man that can carry your team. Yeah. Yeah, so I'd say another four-one win yeah. for the Clippers. Another LA team. Um, moving on, Rockets versus Bucks. I'm just going to put it out there. I honestly have the Rockets coming out on top in this matchup um, because the Rockets have exactly what the Bucks do not, and that is top-of-the-line offense. And even though the Bucks do have scores in Gian- uh, Giannis, of course, um, Brooke Lopez can get the three, um, Maybe Eric Bledsoe. Um, I I don't see many other people scoring as much as the Bucks would need to to outscore the Rockets and their small ball. Yeah, no. Um, if in a series, the way that the Bucks would make it past the uh, the Rockets is there would have to be. They would have to play a zone and where they're guarding the exterior and you know figuring out a way to force you know not only uh, James Harden but also Russell Westbrook to you know just drive into tight corners and I, it's hard to contain those guys on offense. Um, you know I don't think. Yeah, especially since I don't think. Giannis is exactly. a big who doesn't exactly. really guard Giannis either of them. Either one of them, and so they're gonna they'd have to figure out a way to funnel. Um, and I don't think they have the guys to contain those two explosive players um, on offense, or why they don't have the yeah. they can't contain them on you know, while they're playing defense. Yeah. Um. So for this series, I've got Rockets in six, um, maybe even mm-hmm. seven. What What would yeah. you say about this one? How many games do you think this is going to? I'd and say to it'd who? be a seven-game series, um, just because I would feel like the Bucks would take the first game. 
That's why I think it. Mm-hmm. They'd come out strong, and Houston would adjust exactly. to that game plan. Yeah. Um, so next up, I've got Mavericks versus Nets. Nets with a healthy Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And then we'll talk about whether they could take him without Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving because they are currently injured and they've been injured all season. Um, so with with the two, I think despite having Luca and Chris Stapps, um, I mean, uh, both superstars on each team play the same positions. Chris Stapps will play the occasional mm-hmm. center. Um, but uh, KD's a main power forward who can also play small forward. Um I've got the Nets coming out of this in six. Um, I just don't think the Mavericks team has enough experience. Um, but KD and Kyrie each being in their low 30s um, and being in the game for a long time, I think, is a huge advantage for the Nets, despite having a young core around yeah, And um, who's the big for the Nets? Jared, Jared yeah, Allen and DeAndre Jordan. You know, those guys are not jokes mm-hmm. and so You saw you saw Jared it, Allen meet exactly, LeBron at the exactly. rim and block his dunk. And so having those two guys on their team that could shut down Luca, like these dudes are athletic, right? DeAndre and um, uh-huh. what's his name again? Jared Allen. Jared I Allen. I always remember him as big fro guy. <laughs> the fro. Um they they're super athletic, great defenders. They can guard, you know, small forward up to, you know, centers. And so, having those guys along with dynamic scores, um, like Kyrie and um, KD, that's a really that's a that's a dangerous team next year. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing them mm-hmm. um, play together and mentor mm-hmm. the young core of Jared Allen, uh, Spencer mm-hmm. Dinwiddie, um, and all those guys. Um, so for this series, I had uh, them in six or seven. Um, I'm really not sure which. I'd say six, but um, what would you say? Over the Mavericks? I'd probably say five mm-hmm. or six. Or with a KD and Kyrie, but then we go into without a KD or Kyrie. It's a different series. Um, the, the Nets don't have a chance. Yeah. I mean, the Nets were still the Nets were still a good team without them, but to beat Luka and Chris Stapps without KD and Kyrie, I think it's a it's a 4-1 yeah. for, the, for the Mavericks here. Of course. Um... And there's not much else to say, really, for that. Uh, Jared Allen would be probably the best player on the court, along with Spencer Dinwiddie, um, who are two young and still evolving players. Um, but I have a feeling that in a couple years, maybe give them two years, as long as KD and Kyrie are still playing as well as they they were now, uh after injury or mm-hmm. before injury, even um, with a fully developed Jared Allen, that could be a very dangerous team right there. Oh yeah, no, I'm very excited. Um, yeah. So next up, we're getting into the 
less likely matchups, like super less likely. Um, Jazz versus Sixers. Um, let's go over with a healthy Ben Simmons first. Um, Donovan Mitchell at, at shooting guard, most likely guarding Ben Simmons. Um, Donovan Mitchell is a good defender, but I don't think he's enough to stop Ben Simmons. And then Rigo Bear and Joel Embiid would be a good matchup down low, honestly. Um, two of the best defensive centers in the league. Uh, well, Rudy Gobert is definitely the better one out of the two by far, but Joel Embiid can still get his blocks here and there, um, even his steals here and there. So, um, who do you have on this one? Who do you? What do you think about this I one? I really do like the Seventy Sixers. You know, they do have a really good team, mm-hmm. um, and by team, I mean they have two really good players. Um, with Hal Horford, yeah, uh, Tobias Harris. You know he. And but Tobias Harris is coming into his own. Um, but at the same time, they really only have two very viable pieces. Al Horford is not playing mm-hmm. like he used to when he plays for the Nets. So I don't know if they really have. Yeah. I don't know if they have a playoff team yet. Mm-hmm. Um. And another thing that's popped up is Matisse Thibel, um, one of the best defenders at his position of shooting guard, I'd mm-hmm. say, personally, already in his mm-hmm. rookie season. Guarding Donovan Mitchell could definitely give Donovan Mitchell some, some issues on the offensive end, I feel. Yeah, but at the same time, yeah, he could give him some defensive trouble, but how does that translate to offense? Not enough. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely got to work on his offensive game, Matisse Thibel. Um, but with a healthy team of Ben Simmons with the 76ers, I'm giving this to 76ers and six. Um, I think Rudy Gobert and Joel Embiid would be a really good matchup. You know, it's kind of offensive center versus defensive center, um, which would be really fun to see. Um and yeah, I've got I've got sixes and six. Um, with healthy Ben Simmons, what do you think? With a healthy Ben Simmons, I'm still gonna give it to the Jazz. Even with a healthy Ben Simmons, I'm mm. still gonna give it to the Jazz. I thought, you know, they had a really good playoff series this year. Um, I was expecting them to win. Um, it was heartbreaking to see, you know, how that they lost their series, but. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and they were playing a very good Nuggets team, right? Um, and I think that that Nuggets team yeah. is better than the 76ers, 76ers team by far. That Nuggets team's a young team, um, right? And the the dynamic that the Nuggets have is similar to the dynamic that you see on a Heat team. And I just don't see that <coughs> as much with these 76ers. Um, and and what one thing that's important, even all this youth I'm talking about, you still have to have veterans. And you know, Joel Embiid, you know, he's a little, he's more of a veteran. Al Horford's more of a veteran, but I don't think they unify their team. Um, 
in a way that, mm. that, that wins playoffs. Yeah, one thing Martina and I have been talking a lot about in the last couple episodes with Trader Moose of Ben Simmons, um, it's it's led us into thinking about if Joel Embiid took the game even more mm-hmm. serious than he does now. You know, we've seen him, as Martine says, we've seen videos of him posting on social media, him eating McDonald's right before a game or <laughs> whatever it is. Um, if we saw him just basketball like LeBron James is 24-7, what he could be um, on both ends of the floor, um, it could be close to unstoppable unless it's maybe Rudy Gobert. Um or something like that, but that's, that would be really cool exactly. to see um, if Joel Embiid and really stepped up his game. That sort of leadership, that sort of yeah. dedication to the game. You know, when you if mm-hmm. you're the star player like Joel is, right? Ben Simmons is a star. He he's a star, but Joel is the he's the, he's their team leader, and if he's not mm-hmm. leading by example, um, how can you get behind him? Yeah. Um, so these next three, we're just going to bang through them. They're really unlikely matchups in the finals. Um, we've got the Rockets versus Pacers. We saw Bubble TJ Warren um, putting at 40 per game until he had to play against Jimmy, who completely locked him down. Um, could could someone like Daniel House lock him down just like Jimmy Butler did? No, I don't think so. Um but I've still got the Rockets coming out of this one based off of that small ball and and scoring um, that they have, scoring efficiency. Oh, yeah, that the Rockets have. in four. That'd be sweet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I, thought, I thought I ended the podcast by accident. Um, but uh, no, Thunder versus Sixers. Um, healthy Ben Simmons versus he- healthy Ben Simmons, Andrew Embiid versus um, a Chris Paul and Stephen Adams and Shea. Um, this one, despite being very unluck, uh, un un um, what's the word I'm looking for? Despite being very unlikely, thank you. Unlikely. Um, it's kind of a it would be a good matchup to see. Um, yeah. It would be fun. You know, Norlands, Noel, Terrence Ferguson, mm-hmm. Diallo. These are these guys. Even Schroeder, mm-hmm. they're slept on a little bit, right? Um, yeah. Gallinari can shoot, and Stephen Adams is mm-hmm. he's a workhorse. So, and and I haven't even talked on Chris Paul because he's a veteran of the game, um, great leader for any team, and so that that can really take yeah. a team far in the playoffs. It would be. It wouldn't be. It's not as unlikely as a, a as a lineup as on first glances. Yeah. Maybe some. Um. So what it comes down to for me is, it's two, uh, superstar caliber players versus a very good bench. Um, the bench being with OKC and superstars being the Sixers. I've got Thunder and seven here. Um, thanks to Chris Paul's leadership and then the bench depth that OKC does have. Like you said, Diallo, Noel, all those guys. 
Schroeder especially. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. Mm-hmm. I could not agree with you more. I, I would say that that veteran leadership would lead him to a series win in seven. And then I'll see this last one that's unlikely. Um, I just kind of put in there for fun: Blazers versus Magic. Um, the two eight seeds. Um, has that ever happened before? Where the two eight seeds <laughs> have played in the finals? That would be crazy to see, but um, <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it could happen if you know a, a team without, you know, what if the Lakers had LeBron and AD injured when they clawed their way to the eighth seed, and then LeBron and AD came back mm-hmm. um, and brought the eighth seed to the finals, and that would be like the one way I think it would ever happen. But um, yeah, that'd be yeah. So uh, the Blazers versus Magic. Dame and, and CJ versus Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier. Um, it's I've got the Blazers in four, even though they're both eight seeds. Um, I've got the Blazers in four with Dame. Yeah, we all. I think. Yeah, it's it's Dame Dyer. He he's yeah he's a killer. Dame is a killer. And especially, you know, comparing to the two eight seeds is is like night and day. You know, one of these teams has veteran leadership. They've gone deep into the playoffs, um, and the other mm-hmm. team is the Magic. <laughs> their their best player is is Aaron Gordon. He's a good player. He's just you, you take NBA two K twenty and you see Damian Lillard's ninety five overall versus Aaron Gordon's eighty eight. Um, of course, out of out of 100, this is. Um, and then you take C.J. McCollum, who's only this is based off of 2K, and 2K can you know it's 2K. If you know, you know. Um, it, mm-hmm. Just based off of that, thinking this team's best player is this much more overall than this team's best player, you've got to you've got to think from that player alone. 2K yeah. has some accuracy. 2K does. Um, so moving on to the more likely ones. Um, let's start with the least likely of the more likely ones and say Nuggets versus Miami. Denver versus Miami. These are two underdog teams that came in the bubble and dominated. Um, of course, Miami dominated a little, that little bit more than Denver. Um, but if we had seen this, um, in the finals, you've got Jamal Bubble Jamal and uh, Nikola Jokic versus Jimmy Goran and Bam. And this is, of course, without injuries again. Um, if Bam hadn't hadn't got injured, if Goran hadn't got injured, um, I'd I'd have Heat and six, um, just based off of the energy that they played almost every single one of those finals games with against the Lakers. Um, who do you have for this? Um, I would have the Heat in mm-hmm. seven, um, just because um, Grant had an amazing oh, series. Yeah. Grant had yeah, a really good series sure. from the Nuggets, and you know, with Harris and Murray, they their guards are like very mm-hmm. dynamic. 
Um, Nikola Jokic is a great player, and even he, so is Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap is a veteran, and the Heat, while they have a dynamic young team, it, it would be a very mm-hmm. interesting series. Honestly, I, I, I would still give it to the Heat because of how much they showed me against yeah. the Lakers. Uh, but at the same time, um, the nuts, the Nuggets show me a lot of great things against the Lakers as well. So, yeah, it, I would have loved it. I would have preferred to see the Heat and the Nuggets sure. actually in the finals. It would have been a very, way more competitive yeah. finals. Um, yeah. It was. Um, next, let's see. Let's go Celtics versus Nuggets. Um, it would be Boston with with Kemba, uh, uh, um, Jalen Brown, uh, Jason Tatum, yeah. Uh, and then I wouldn't necessarily count Gordon Hayward as one of the big big guys on that team, but he's still a good player. Um, yeah, I've 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 got the uh, the Celtics coming out of this one in a sweep. Um, despite the Nuggets having bubble Jamal Murray, um, I just think that they're going to uh, deny him at the rim with their center duo of Daniel Tice and uh, and Ennis Cantor, especially um, one of the most underrated centers in the league um, with his defensive play, uh, for sure. Uh, what do you think? Maybe 4-1. to one. I'll give him 4-1. to one. Okay, I was going to say, you got to give the Nuggets at least yeah. one game. Because, I mean, yeah, like, the Celtics, they have Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward. They have Taco Fall. They got Kemba, Jalen, mm-hmm. Marcus Smart, and, 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 and Ennis. Like, that, that is a solid lineup yeah. of folks. Like, that is a championship team. <laughs> and they should have made it way further. Uh, along than they did, it would have been it would have been iconic to see a Celtics Lakers final. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that, but definitely the Celtics should have gone way further. Um, you know, like I said, with the veterans they have on the team, Jalen Brown, you know, Golden Hayward, uh, Ennis, Marcus, Jason Tatum. I wonder if it was things outside of basketball that caused them, you know to bow out a little early, but mm-hmm. you know, when you look at that team on paper, you know, once again, it's, it's like a like a Brooklyn Nets team. If that team stays healthy throughout the whole season, they're, they're a force to be reckoned with, and we'll see in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, definitely I would have given it – I would have given it to the, the Celtics mm-hmm. in, in, yeah. in six. Okay. So, next up, I've got Clippers versus Miami, um, the other LA team going up against Miami. Mm-hmm. And again, I'd have to throw in the part where I say, if Paul George were to, back to his normal self, like during the regular season, I'd have to give it to the LA team in seven. Um, Miami is an incredible team during these playoffs. Um, but again, I'd have to say LA is overcoming them. 
just with Kawhi and Paul George alone, if not Montrez Harrell um, and and Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams. Um, so I've got Clippers in seven on that one. Yeah, the Clippers do have depth. Um, you said Clippers yeah. in seven? You know what? I'd give it to the Heat mm. in seven. Okay, so... It... The reason for that is because I saw a lot of... And, you know, maybe I'm thinking 2021 mm-hmm. and not so much this year. I Maybe the Heat gets some pieces yeah. in the offseason. I'd, back, I'd definitely give it to Heat if this were next year for sure. This was this is a tough this mm-hmm. is a tough one. It it I mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Clippers versus Heat would have been a super yeah. interesting series. Oh my god, that would have been yeah. a really good series. Um, moving on, Clippers versus Bucks. Ah, this is another one of those ones that's kind of hard to predict because. Neither of the teams, despite being predicted to each go to the finals, got super far. Um, And so it's kind of hard to predict once again. Um, It's like Giannis versus Kawhi pretty much in this series. Um, And I wouldn't leave out Paul George. But I still have Giannis versus Kawhi would be a great thing to see. Um, I honestly don't know who wins this one. I really don't. I'd, I'd, if I had to say something, I'd, I'd, I'd have to go Clippers because they have more depth once, uh, once again, um, more bent, uh, depth in their bench. Uh, than Milwaukee does, which is what I think held them back versus Miami, because Miami has some of the best depth on their bench out of any team um, in the league right now. I think. See, I'm gonna, I would go the other way. I'm gonna give it to the Bucks uh, because of their size, um, that that size advantage um, that they have between Giannis, Middleton, and Lopez, you know, versus Kawhi. Morris and Subach, um, that right there um, will do a lot because, you know, Kawhi, Paul George is not as consistent as he has been over the years. Kawhi is not the one who's looking to pull up mm-hmm. from three, you know, and Patrick Beverly is not a shooter, you know, that's not who you're getting the ball to in the clutch. And, you know, comparing the first five, DiVincenzo, can can he's got a strap he can shoot yeah and so can Middleton so I think there's in terms of scoring ability I would say the Bucks and Clippers are relatively even mm-hmm. and so the Bucks defensive ability and size I think might give them the advantage in the yeah series. okay so we've we've gone over Clippers versus Heat Clippers versus Bucks. And Clipper, oh, I have Clippers versus Heat written twice, but that's okay. And then Nuggets versus Heat and Celtics versus Nuggets. Um, now, two super interesting ones. I'm not sure which one I'm going to close on, um, so I'm just going to go with this one first, I think. But I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But Lakers versus Bucks, um, the matchup everyone was expecting to see at the end of the year. Um, 
Mm-hmm. You know, mid-season, I would I would say Bucks. Um, but seeing the Bucks basketball versus the Lakers basketball in the bubble, I'm giving it to the Lakers in six. Um, especially seeing the way how Anthony Davis really stepped up his defense even more than he had during the regular season in the bubble, um, guarding Giannis. Yeah, that's that's what that was what people were expecting to see out of AD throughout the year. That sort of defensive dominance over you know he's taller and longer uh-huh. than Giannis. Giannis is a mm-hmm. freak. He's yeah. a Greek freak. He's athletic and he can jump ridiculously high. But at the same time, he's not super skilled. And, like, if you have the length, like AD does, more so than any other player, you should be able to stay in front of him. And, yeah, like you said, midseason, the Bucks were on a roll. They were on a steamroll, rolling mm-hmm. through everybody. And that's why Giannis got MVP, because um, how he led his team. But, you know, this year, 2020, Kobe's here, you know, I'm always going to give it to mm-hmm. the Lakers, especially, um, like you said, as I played in the in the bubble, there was a concise message that they were focused on winning a championship. Mm-hmm. So that brought up a, that brought up a great question. If the final, if the MVP award, not the finals MVP, the MVP award were handed out after the playoffs, after the finals, would Giannis still have gotten it, or would would it have changed to LeBron? Um, not only because of the finals performances by LeBron, but because of the the first couple rounds with LeBron too, the first few rounds. Oh, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. His playoff um, basketball is so much better than Giannis. And Giannis was still very good. Yeah. Just right. LeBron was that much better than him in the playoffs. Yeah, you got to have a refined game in the playoffs. You need to stay within your bag and help your team win. And um, that's not what we saw to Giannis in mm-hmm. the playoffs. Uh, his game wasn't refined. He wasn't able to turn on and turn off the right switch. And that's something that LeBron yeah. did in the playoffs. And, you know, they're, yeah, it, the, the Bucks had a very disappointing yeah. playoffs. To say so who do you have um, coming out of that Lakers versus Bucks? Lakers and six. Yeah, I agree with that one. Um, so, uh this is super interesting. I'm not only going off of skill of the team, but I'm going off of coaching. And most importantly, during this matchup, I'm going off of history. And that would be Lakers versus Celtics. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. We saw the Lakers beating Miami and tying their amount of championships, right, at 17. Mm-hmm. Um They've yep. been very competitive franchises for the longest time. Um, each of them having some of the best players in the world, uh, Larry Bird for the Celtics and Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce. 
Um, and then having Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, Shaq on the Lakers. Um, mm-hmm. Though this might not be the most likely, um, it's still the most interesting in my eyes. Um, so we've gone over each team's roster. You know, we said Celtics have got Kemba. Um, those guys, the Lakers have got LeBron, AD. Um, matchup-wise, this could be a great series. Um, especially if they decide to put Jason Tatum on LeBron. I feel like it sounds weird, but I feel like that could work. And then kind of having, kind of having more of a weak, you'd rather, you'd rather play a little less defense on Anthony Davis than LeBron James, um, in my eyes, uh, and put, uh, the center, whoever's in, whether that's Tice or Cantor on AD. Um, what do you think? Yeah, let's actually hold on. This. I'd even I'd even say running a zone against the Lakers, the Celtics would work better to hold down the line. You say a yeah. zone? Personally, by by the Celtics against yeah. the Lakers. Yeah, that's. Uh, there's a Too lot of cute. things to break down when looking at the the Lakers and the Celtics, especially you know starting with the history. Yes, congratulations to the Lakers franchise. That's amazing that they tied them with 17. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens next year because we could more than likely have a Celtics-Lakers championship to determine which team is going to still be – is going to be at top. at top with 18. Yeah. Um, and it's very – it's exciting to think about. I can't wait. They better have a Christmas game where it's Celtics like Yeah, you know? that would be great to see. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's hard to pick who would come out of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at the strategy, you know, we got Tatum, we got Taco, Ennis, Dice, um, and even Marcus Smart, who are guys who are physical enough to play against LeBron. Mm-hmm. One on one, LeBron would easily move by Taco mm-hmm. or Ennis. But maybe, um, maybe even if guys. you planted those guys down low and just had them put their hands up the entire game, that could work. Maybe, maybe not every time. Honestly, but. no. And it would be a great idea to run a zone because LeBron loves to drive, mm-hmm. and AD can shoot, but. But that's not his whole yeah. game. Like I said, like we talked about earlier, the Lakers were the number one team in the NBA in the mm-hmm. paint. And so if you can take that away from them, they're not going to shoot you. Yeah, match. they're relying on Danny Green around. and KCP at that point, really. And who wants to rely mm-hmm. on them? I mean – KCP had a great playoffs. Danny Green not so much. Enough. He had games yeah. where he was exactly. He had one game he had where he's on, one game where he's off. And so when you have shooters like Hayward, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, and Jason Tatum, knockdown shooters, mm-hmm. um, as well as Marcus Smart and Yeah, he's definitely working Cantor on it, Cantor. Mm-hmm. And Dice. Yeah. You know, these who are consistent players, mm-hmm. right? You can get consistency out of the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And that's one thing you're not going to get out of Danny Green. You're not going to sometimes get out of Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee. You're not going to get that out of KCP. It would have been a beautiful thing to see the Celtics and the Lakers in this finals. And so I don't even know who would come out on top. Right. You know, the the way the Lakers played this playoffs, mm-hmm. it could easily be said that the Celtics could have beat them. Yeah. So here's the thing. If you if it, okay, here's another game that comes down to the coaching. Um, this is talked a lot about in Miami versus Lakers. Coaching is a huge factor, mm-hmm. but not as huge as it would have been mm-hmm. in Celtics versus Lakers. Brad Stevens, I think the best coach in the league right now, along with Nick Nurse and Ingrid Spolstra, um, even a Billy Donovan. Um, it come it, as I said, it comes down to coaching. If Brad Stevens can adjust to whatever the Lakers are running on offense, you know, and say Brad Stevens puts them in a in a in a two three, like I said, and they've got um, Gordon Hayward and and Kemba Walker at the top, and then they've got Marcus Smart, Ennis Cantor, and Jason Tatum down at that at that three guarding the guarding the baseline. That could be an incredible defensive scheme to go, uh, go up against the Lakers. And then we saw Frank Vogel will adjust his offensive plan. Brad Stevens will have to look at that offensive plan and think, huh, okay, maybe they started shooting more and they were knocking down shots. We'll switch to a 3-2 a instead of a 2-3. Mm-hmm. And then put Ennis Cantor and Daniel Tice down low to stop the opportunity of driving. Um despite only having two guys instead of three down there. Um, so, yeah. And a lot of these NBA teams, like, their their zones are dynamic, uh-huh. you know, where they'll have a guy who's up top who can play down low and a guy who's down low that can play up top so that they can, you know, flow between a 3-2-2-3, three, two, two, three, you know. Um, these are some things I practice in, in college ball where – the guy up top on either, we would go with a high, a bigger lineup, right? When we're playing defense, so that we would have that ability to get a guy who's on top, um, and kind of float him in a position to where he it was in between a two three and a and a three two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and yeah, I think that would be an effective game plan for the Celtics. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've I've got if if Brad Stevens can out coach here, I've got the Celtics in seven, maybe six, but I've got them in seven. If Brad Stevens mm-hmm. can come through and continue to adjust the game plan to the Lakers' uh, offensive scheme mainly, um, yeah, I've I've got the Celtics on that one honestly. Um, so this is definitely I would still go ahead in twenty twenty. I'm gonna give it to the uh, Lakers. Mm-hmm. 2021 that's a difference yeah alright so that was super interesting um, to talk about uh, this is definitely a longer episode for sure um, mm-hmm. I wanted to end by saying what happened to Danny Green um, and his fiance was 
completely uncalled for um, getting these death threats to their house, to the bubble, um, is, is ridiculous. And as the commentators said, um, it, it's, we're, I can't remember exactly what they said, but they were saying, I have, I'm disappointed in the people for, for saying these things. And it's just so uncalled for, um, Danny Green has a couple poor games and all of a sudden he's receiving death threats. Uh, it's, it's uncalled for and definitely inappropriate, um, for the fans to be sending these in and any tourist, this is an NBA player. Uh, um, and it, it's not like Danny Green is the best NBA player with me consistent every single game, like LeBron James. Um, and it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just uncalled for really. I, I, um, Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I have to. I have to second that. I have to second that. Like these men, bust their asses Mm -hmm. every single day to entertain us, Mm -hmm. right? They are doing their best. Danny Green is an elite caliber player because he is in the NBA, right? So you need to understand the situation of the game. It's game five, on the line buzzer beater shot winning the game okay Mm -hmm. ad hits a game winner in game two uh, against the nuggets if he misses that shot does he receive death threats no so we're we're sending out death threats to danny green because he's up they were up 3-1 in the series and now 3-2 like death threats are never justified mm-hmm. by any means, mm-hmm. especially by. <sighs> Sad to say this, these pe- people will not carry these out. Mm-hmm. It's just disrespectful to waste your time and everybody else's time threatening a man trying to provide for his family. Yeah. And provide entertainment to you. And and now by receiving these these letters and notes, he is under pressure, and is going to underperform in the next games, feeling this weight on his shoulders of oh I want to kill him if he has another bad game. It that's just yeah, more. That's not now. very smart. Yeah, it's just gonna make him play not worse. Not very smart, fans. Not very smart. Oh, so you're a fan of the Lakers, and you threaten to kill. One of the players. Tell me how that makes yeah. sense. So, Tell me. I, um, I apologize to Danny Green and his fiance for this. Um, and then to end on a happier note, congratulations to um, LA Lakers, um, to LeBron James for winning his fourth championship and fourth finals MVP. Anthony Davis winning his first championship. Um, we've heard all these stories about Anthony Davis's dad. Um uh, winning, uh, texting him before every single game, um, motivational, uh, texts and, uh, texting him his game winner clip versus game, uh, the Nuggets in game two. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's congratulations to them. 
Um, but I just wanted to end on playing this. I was I was going through my my uh, my for you page on TikTok, of course, as every young person does nowadays, and <laughs> and I found this clip from the Miami Heat um, that they reposted on their on their social media, um, and I wanted to I wanted to play this into the microphone here, um, this little short story on Duncan Robinson that I found so inspiring and and so cool. So I'm just gonna play this really quickly. <laughs> You might wonder where confidence comes from. You might be a 5'7 junior coming off the bench in high school. You might claw your way to a D3. You might even become the D3 National Freshman of the Year and get to a D1. Then you might go undrafted. But you might get a shot in the summer. And that might get you to the G League. Then you might get called up break the franchise record for threes in the season. You might even start in the NBA Finals. So where does confidence come from? Hey, it comes from trying. With all of your might. So that, I, I've watched that about five times. I'm not even going to lie. It was... Thinking where a lot of these players come from is crazy. You know, uh, Derek Rose not having furniture in his house, in his apartment, um, starting off mm-hmm. and just going to spending all of his time at the park playing basketball. Um, it, it's crazy, you know. And Duncan Robinson is is uh, one of my favorite players ever since he got called up. Um, I, I just really like that clip when I really wanted to play. I'm not sure how well it came through and how loud it was, how quiet it was, but um, was it okay? Oh, I heard it. Was it okay? Yeah. I heard okay. it. So I just wanted to play that. I, I thought it was super inspirational, super cool. Um, and, yeah, uh, though the Heat lost this year, they will be back um, as long as they come with the same energy they did uh, during these playoffs. So. Yeah, I'm excited for the Heat in 2020. You know, congratulations to the Lakers. Um, they're deserving of this year's championship. Uh, but I will say that they're going to have to fight in this off season because they have a lot of tough competition coming this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, last episode, I did say we were going to go over um, uh, the draft class. Um, for next year. Um, sorry, we didn't get to that this episode, but we will definitely go over that next episode. Hopefully, we can have um, Tigo back once again, and then have Martine. Um, that will be definitely be super interesting. Um, yeah, so that, this is really fun to record. Uh, thank you yeah. so much for being here, Tigo. And um, my pleasure. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Um, thanks for being on. Take it easy. You too. Bye. Take it easy, Alex.